0: Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's open the Word of God to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll read a few verses, and uh, this is a great passage of Scripture. We'll be, I'm sure, next week reading the first half of Luke 2, thinking specifically about the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ as we celebrate the Christmas season. Luke chapter 2, today we're going to begin reading in verse 40. And read down through the end of the chapter. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Once you've found your place, let's stand together. We'll have prayer and begin reading in verse 40 down through verse 52. All right, let's pray together. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you for your goodness, Lord, to us, your grace. And we just ask, Lord, that you would uh, be our teacher and guide through the scriptures today. Bless our hearts from your word. And, Lord, most importantly, by your spirit, I pray that you'll apply our hearts Uh, to those things that that we need to learn and and do, and, Lord, those things that we need to know so that we can grow. So, Lord, help us to obey your word. Help us to be willing. Uh, Lord, help our hearts to be that good ground, that soil that you talked about. And may the seeds of the word of God find their way in uh, to be planted and grow and produce the fruit that you want to produce in our lives. Help us to be all that you'd have us to be. And, Lord, bless our celebration this Christmas Help us to keep Jesus as the centerpiece of all we say and do, that we might bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, verse 40, Luke chapter 2, verse 40, the Bible says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. "...sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, "'Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing.' And he said unto them, "'How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business?' And they understood not that saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This morning I want to preach a message that I've entitled, Simply Stay Close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. In this text this morning... This is really the message that we find. This is the challenge uh, in this, this season and in this ceremony that they were participating in. The challenge was to stay close to Jesus. And we see what happened because in this story we find a problem. And the problem is they became distant from him. They got separated. The problem is there was a gap that came between them and Jesus. And so they became out of touch with him. And this morning, you and I, during this Christmas season, we should reflect and we need to apply this to our life and understand that there is danger in that distance that can grow between us and our Lord. You know, as a matter of fact, that if you've been in church any length of time, this distance can set in 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 the most unthinkable places. You know, someone who's faithful to church, I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night can still grow distant from the Lord in, in their life. This distance that we're talking about between you and Jesus, this distance uh, as a ministerial student when I went to Bible college, I saw this distance set in among Bible college students. We're not, we're not talking about students who, who never visit the Bible. We're talking about students who are in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night who have Bible classes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're talking about people who are serving the Lord on Saturday and Sunday. And I mean, every day of the week, God is in the midst of their schedule and their life and their thoughts. Yet, in that place too, distance can find itself. And, and that gap can grow between you and the Lord. So it is certainly no surprise when we come now to the story of Jesus... And we find that same kind of distance grows between Jesus and his parents. They too succumb to the, to the temptation of growing distant. They too were, were victimized by, by that, that happenstance, that thing that just seems to come upon us without our realizing. We'll kind of look at why that is. So we see the problem is they became distant, and and what that problem produced is they got out of touch with Jesus. How did this happen? As we look at the text, we find some answers to that. And these are some things that you and I can use to keep that same distance from coming upon us. We can close the gap between us and Jesus, and we certainly should, especially during this time of year, the time when we celebrate him the most. Notice, if you will, in verses 41 through 43, notice the first thing we find true about his parents. The Bible says now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the Feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, the feast days it's talking about, as they returned, I want you to notice there's traveling involved. I want you to notice there's celebration involved. There are feast days involved here. And and I want you to understand that a busy schedule is what allowed them to become distant. It was a busy schedule. Because, you know, when life gets busy and we have a lot to do, that seems to be the easiest time that we just seem to drift away from the Lord. Oh, I'm not talking about not being physically present. I see you're here today, but that's not the problem. The problem was not that Mary and Joseph didn't attend. They were there. But the problem is they they allowed distance to come in because of a busy schedule. You know, all of the things on our to-do list, the shopping and and the parties and the get-togethers, the celebrations, all of these things, the activities of the season, you know, the caroling and the gift-giving and all of these things really can chop away at our time and eat away at our schedule, and then you and I can become guilty of letting that distance set in. Next thing you know, it's New Year's, and we're saying, boy, it's been a while since I read my Bible. It's been a while since I talked to the Lord. You know, we had a fun time opening gifts, but where was Jesus? Oh, when he should have been right in the midst the whole time. And my challenge to you is don't let that happen this Christmas season. Stay close to Jesus. Because a busy schedule can allow distance to grow. A busy schedule can separate you and the Lord. A busy schedule can come between your God and your quiet time, your devotion to him while we're talking about him and singing about him and while we're doing things in honor of him, like these beautiful poinsettias and we're honoring uh, those that we, that we love and those that have gone before us, like the gift giving that we give as a tradition that was started by those wise men, uh, like the songs that we sing honoring the Lord, like the, the, te- the testimonies we share, telling people about Jesus and how, how special he is, all of that really kind of can get hollow. When he's not in the midst. So beware of that distance that a busy schedule can bring in. But not only that, they, they, they grew distance because of notice in verse 44, the Bible says, But they, supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey. They're talking about the crowd, the caravan, the group of people. You know, in those days, you didn't travel alone. They didn't have streetlights on those lonely roads to Bethlehem. And so you traveled in groups and companies and caravans, and that gave safety uh, because there were bandits and thieves that liked to hang out on those roads and overcome travelers on their way. So we see here that a big crowd, a lot of people, made them distant. You know, a lot of times that can happen to us as well. The crowds, the gatherings, all of the things that are going on, you know, it's, it's well-meaning, sincere people that, that really do not have the intent of coming between you and the Lord, but it can happen, can it? It's not that they make it happen, it's that we let it happen because we get invited here and invited there and, and we're seeing this person and that person and this group and that group and we're attending gatherings and parties and all of that, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. We definitely should. That's what this season is about. But while we're doing all of that, Let's not forget to meet with the most important one. The one who made all this possible. And this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to find a little quiet place. And talk to the Lord. And don't allow that distance to keep you from meeting with him regularly, just as you should. Make sure that Christ is the centerpiece of your Christmas by spending a little time with him. As often as you can through these holiday seasons and don't don't let all the activities and don't let all the meetings and groups and crowds of people cancel those meetings out with the Lord. Oh, listen. In a big crowd, you can grow distant. People say, "Well, I'm safe cuz I'm here at church." Oh, listen. Right here at church, you can grow distant from the Lord. You can sit and hear, and listen, you you can be hearing a sermon like this, but you know it can become just like background noise distance can grow in and set in to any of our lives at any time what a tragedy it is what a tragedy that they that they woke up to the reality that oh no where is he we've lost contact with Jesus have you ever done that in your christian life you just lose contact with the lord what a scary feeling you realize your vulnerability at that time when you when you wake up to the reality that you know it's been a while since I met with the Lord. But not only that, I want you to see here all the things that we think keep us safe, that busy schedule, that big crowd. Watch this. A familiar place caused them to grow distant. Watch this. The Bible says in verse 41, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year. They did this every year. This was, a, this was a familiar routine. This was a familiar place. They went to Jerusalem every year for the feast of the Passover. And notice verse 42 says, And when he was 12 years old, this happened. This is the 12th time they've made this journey. This is the 12th time annually that they've come into this place. And we don't know if they came and frequented Jerusalem at other times. They very well may have. And so we find this is a very familiar place to them. It's not that they were here for the first time and this happened. No, it's a very familiar place that caused them. You know, somebody said one time, familiarity breeds contempt. And I think sometimes it does. Sometimes we we just treat casually and contemptibly those things that we're most familiar with. That's why I think some people really aren't bothered by the fact that they can take the most precious possession they have in this life and toss it in the floorboard of their car. Wow. You know, really, we have the Word of God with us today. And if you have a Bible in your lap, I want you to understand this precious thing right here. This is something that you and I, if we were to show its true value, we would carry it around on a a velvet pillow. Isn't that what they do with crown jewels and stuff like that? And then they come and put it on a pedestal, Right? With its own light shining down and they and they cover it in a glass case. Is that how you store your Bible? Oftentimes, boy, we're so less thoughtful of the Word of God, aren't we? Think about places where the Bible might be found. No wonder there are songs about dusting off the Bible and and getting it out from underneath your coffee table. Right? Why is that true? Because familiar things sometimes are contemptible. Sometimes we we just take for granted those things we're very familiar with. And I believe that's part of the reason why Mary and Joseph could get separated from Jesus and and think that everything's okay and, and think that he's with them and they're moving right along just as they've always done it. And then wake up to the reality that, oh, he's not even here. He's not even here. You know, we've all jokingly visited churches in the past, and occasionally you find one that people say about that church, you know, it's, it's dead as four o'clock in the morning. Or, or people say something like, you know, it's so cold there, you can ice skate down the aisle. But what do we mean by that? Well, I'm going to tell you what we mean. We, we mean those are the kind of churches that are so routine, they've been doing it for so long, they've gotten out of touch with Jesus and they don't even know it yet. But a visitor comes in and the stark reality instantly sets in. Wow. You can just tell his presence is not here. Isn't that something? But those that have been carrying on with that routine forever don't seem to notice And that's what happened to Mary and Joseph. It was in a familiar place where they lost contact with Jesus. Oh, I'm challenging this morning. Stay close to Jesus during this holiday season. Stay close to the Lord. Be sure and spend time with him. Be sure and be devoted to him. Have your heart in tune with the Lord this season. But you know, it wasn't really the busy schedule, although it happened in the midst of one. It wasn't really the big crowd, it wasn't their fault, but it did happen in the presence of a company. It wasn't really the familiar place, it wasn't the fault of Jerusalem that they lost the Lord Jesus there, but it did happen in that place. Can I tell you what what really caused this? Look at verse 44, the Bible says, But they, supposing, supposing him, to have been in the company. Ah. Now we're seeing the real problem. It was their supposition. You know, it it, it really is, we, we call it presumption. They just presumed that Jesus would be with them just like every other time. Some people call it Assumption. They just assumed he was somewhere in the company. We all know the routine. Surely, surely he's with someone. Surely he's on the way. Surely he's in the group. Surely we're traveling together. Can I say, we need to have a fresh awareness and we need to guard against this condition of supposing when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. Oh, listen, don't ever let this be what guides you in the faith, not supposition. It's not a dependable attribute. It's not something you want to bank on or count on. Don't suppose. Verify. You know, that's what we're doing every time we get in our Bible, every time we go to the prayer closet. You know what we're doing? We're just reconnecting. We're just verifying that the Lord is near, that he's there. We're staying in touch with his presence. We're staying in tune with his word and, and his will in our life. They lost him. They lost connection with the Lord because, of, because they were supposing, because they took for granted the fact that he should be somewhere around us. Don't just expect the Lord to be here. Don't just suppose, hey, have you just, have you just been guilty of supposing the Lord was going to be in our church service? Just supposing he was going to be in your prayer closet. Listen, why don't we invite him there? Why don't we proactively seek him there instead of just supposing he's going to be there? You know, that's really what public worship is, isn't it? Corporate worship, people call it. It's when we come together. People say, I am the church. No, 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 you're not the church. The church is the assembly, right? So when we come together, that's when we have church. That's what it's called. So when was the last time you took your private worship with God and the spirit of that? And when was the last time you invited the Lord to attend this public worship? And when was the last time you sought to bring that spirit into this meeting, to this assembly? You know, we just come assuming, supposing that it's going to be the same. Sometimes it isn't. Maybe it's because we failed to bring him. Maybe it's because we failed to invite him. Maybe it's because we were just supposing. Isn't that something? We find Mary and Joseph supposing that the Lord was there only to learn that he was not. Oh, listen. That can get you in a lot of trouble. And today I bring this message just to heighten your awareness. I, 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 ring, I ring the jingle bells of Christmas time just to, just to wake us out of our slumber. To get us out of that supposing so that we can truly meet with the Lord. And be mindful of his presence. And be sure to include him in our holiday worship and celebrations. And truly make him the centerpiece of our Christmas. I want you to notice that in verse 44 it says they, they, went, they, they were supposing. And, and they, they got out of touch with him in that condition of supposing. But Let's talk for a minute about how they got him back. Notice what it says. But they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. They didn't realize he was gone until they started searching for him. Isn't that interesting? In verse 45, and when they found him not. Let's stop there for a moment. Can you look for Jesus and not find him? Is that possible? Can you long for him to be close and then realize he's not close, not as close as you want him to be? That's absolutely possible, especially when you haven't kept up the meetings, especially when you haven't been faithful to meet with the Lord in private and to worship him close and to keep him close to you on a regular basis. So they spent a little time realizing there's this distance, there's this gap, he's not here. Notice it says, verse 45, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. So look, they lost him supposing, but I want you to know they they find him seeking. Don't be in supposing mode. You need to be in seeking mode. That's how you find the Lord. That's how you get close to him. That's how you stay connected when you're seeking him. Oh, listen, the Bible says they that seek me shall find me when they seek me with all their heart. And you know, we can't just go through the motions of worship. God knows when we don't mean it. We have to worship God with our heart. We have to get into our quiet time. And we have to really want him with our heart. We have to, we have to be seeking the Lord on the pages of, of his word. We have to be seeking the Lord in the scriptures. In a Wednesday night message recently, we were talking about that. And I said, you know, the Bible is not a book about Moses and Jonah and David. The Bible not a book about Noah and, 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 and Micah, the prophet, and Elijah. The Bible's not a book about the disciples. The Bible is a book about Jesus. It's a book about God. And all of those stories that we know in the Bible, isn't it a shame that we come away thinking Moses was the hero, Noah was the hero, Elijah was the hero. No, 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 no. You missed it. God was the hero. The Bible's the book about God in the life of Elijah and God in the life of Moses and God in the life of Noah. Look what God did. You know, sometimes we have this distance between us and the Lord because we're not even looking for Him. Oh, listen, we need to get back in the Scriptures and we need to go looking for the Lord. And we need to go finding Him in the stories of the Bible. Because, you know, that's what God wants you to do, not only in the Bible, that's what God wants you to do in your life. God wants you to look at your circumstances and find Him. God wants you to look at your today and find Him in it. God wants you to look at your reality, your struggles, your problems. Find Him. That's how we discover the lessons. That's how we learn God's will. That's how we get acquainted with truth. That's how we know the mind of the Lord and see the hand of God in our life. Find God. See what God's doing in our life. Oh, listen, we need to find him, and we will find him seeking. But not only did they seek, they were sorrowing. They were doing, it doesn't use this word in the scriptures, but they were doing something we call, they were yearning. When they went back to Jerusalem, notice here, we didn't read this part, but notice what it says in verse 46. Verse 45 says they went back seeking him. Verse 46, and it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. You see, they were seeking him like like you seek your car keys when they're lost. Hey, you don't stop looking for those till you find them. And that's how they were looking for Jesus. Don't stop till you find him. And, And they searched and searched and searched. And after three days, they found him in the temple. They were doing what we call, they were yearning for him. There was a yearning on the inside. There was a desire that was all welled up and active. I, I mean, if it could have been a magnet, it would have drawn him all the way across Jerusalem. Uh, this was something going on inside as they searched for him. Hey, hey, do you look for God that way in the scriptures? Do you look for God that way in your life? Do you yearn for him? Do you long for him? Oh, listen, that's the way we search. And when we, when we search for him that way, we will always find him. That's why James says, if you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Oh yeah, you'll find him when you search for him with all your heart. So they went on this journey. They lost him supposing, but they found him yearning. They found him seeking, searching. So this morning, what is that? what's the condition of your heart? Are you supposing this morning? Or are you? Are you yearning this morning? I hope you're yearning. And I hope as you look at all the Christmas decorations and the lights and the flowers and the nativity and the tree and all this gifts and all the things, the celebrations the get together, I hope, I hope through all of that, you're just yearning to see glimpses of the Lord and, and, and reminders of his presence. That's the way to celebrate Christmas. Now, we see that they, they lost contact with Jesus. They, they got separated. They allowed that distance to come in. Let me just give you some thoughts this morning on how to prevent that. What, what if I don't want to have distance come in? Well, the main thing is you need to make sure your heart is yearning, not supposing. But here's a couple of other things. Number one, reverence him by putting him first in your life this Christmas. You know, a lot of times we we put the things first. We need to put him first. As I said a moment ago, look, it's okay. You should go to the gatherings and meet with the people and have the parties and the celebrations. You should give the gifts and, and decorate and all of those things. But don't let all of that stuff become more important than finding him and spending time with him and seeking him. Number two, reflect on the symbols of Christmas and their meaning talk more about that tonight but the symbols of christmas what are those they are the things around us that we've traditionally set up and and how good he is and what he what he means to us all right we're back how about that so behind me for example you see this decoration with lights you know that's a great time to say you know the light of the world is jesus and he's the reason for the season. He's the reason we celebrate Christmas. Right? You haven't heard me say a lot about Santa Claus because I just normally don't. Santa Claus didn't die on the cross for me. He didn't come to Bethlehem for me. He didn't do anything for me. He didn't come to town either. <laughs> no, he didn't. I had to go to town. <laughs> right? Hey, all, all the years my kids grew up, I went to town for them, right? Not, not Santa Claus. I, so I didn't give them a false story of where all that came from. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift coming from above. And so we taught our kids that, that our blessings, our gifts come from God. And we, we went ahead and told them the Christmas gifts. Mom and I bought those and they, we give them to you. And, and here's why we give. Because, because of the Christmas story, because of Jesus coming, the wise men giving gifts, because of the peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas time is all about. It's a time, look around, it's a season of goodwill. Hey, the truth be told, if we were real Christians, we'd have Christmas time all year. Telling, telling people, Jesus is real, He's coming. And the difference He's made in our life should cause us to reflect the attributes that are so well seen during this season. Those things should be alive in us all the time. Amen? And that's what happens when we spend time with him. Reflect on those symbols at Christmas and their meaning. And then number three, remember to tell others about Christ. Again, this is the most wonderful time of the year. It's the easiest time to witness. And it's, and it's so easy to just to take the things that are going on around us and share why. Why that is the case. Sometimes we can share Christ simply by offering a prayer. You know, so many of our celebrations, if we're not careful, we we conduct those meetings and we forget to pray. Sometimes the easiest way to be a great witness for Christ is just to say, hey, could we have prayer? Right? Let's just talk to the one we're celebrating. What a beautiful thing. Make Jesus the reason for the season. Right? Because you know, the world's off track and they're making a lot of other things the reason for the season. And they want to commercialize and all of that stuff. And that's fine. It has a place, but it's a much lower place than his place. But let's keep him first. Preeminent, the preeminent one. Right? Let's make him the centerpiece of all of our celebration. And let's make sure during this busy time, Let's make sure that we keep in touch with Jesus. Stay close to him. Spend time with him. Don't let all the activities and all the festivities crowd out your time with the one who did all of this for us. Amen. Stay close to Jesus this Christmas season. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, how we love you today and how we thank you, Lord, so much that we have the privilege to be in your presence. Lord, that we can pray that we can open the scriptures and find you there. Lord, that you can actively work in our lives and apply those things to us. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of being bought by the blood and being born again in the family of God, being a, a child, a joint heir with Jesus. And Lord, the privilege to know you and to, to spend time with you through our devotions and our worship. Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we just ask that you'd help us take this reminder and find some quiet moments just to love you and worship you and celebrate you as we enjoy this Christmas season. And then as we have opportunity, Lord, let us just lift you up so that others may notice, that others may see, that others may seek you also. What a privilege that is to help connect people with Jesus, the greatest gift that's ever been given. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.